0: Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. I believe in miracles. Someone say, I believe in miracles. Do you? Okay. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. That means I, I don't deserve it. It doesn't matter how my management and stewardship of my life is this morning, amen. We don't deserve it no matter where our management, our discipleship, our discipline, our prayer life is, amen. We believe in miracles. Someone say miracles. We believe in miracles in this season. And so our faith is in what we do, amen. No, it's not, Carrie. It is in what he has done. Our faith is in our works, amen. See, sometimes you don't know how awesome Jesus is. Can you imagine if I just got up here and said, you know, I don't sense anyone deserves anything this morning. You know, I'm not going to preach. I'm not going to feed you. The kitchen is closed. I'm not bringing any food. You need to get out there and do better and be a better Christian in order to deserve the grace of God. Amen. Now, sometimes you need to hear, like, hold on, God is so good. He just gives. He just pours in. We get to represent here at church the goodness of God, the grace of God. Amen. And, man, I just started thanking God this week um, for what he has given to me. He has given to me salvation and he has given me worship. He has given me my wife. He's given me a church, amen, to raise my kids. And he has given me this Christmas production to invite people to church. How awesome. What a gift that we get to invite people to church. And uh, we're blessed this morning and we worship him because of what he's done. Amen. All right, let's go to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 9, verse 16. Mark chapter 9, verse 16. We got into this a little bit last week. Are you ready to go a little deeper? Okay. Awesome. I know. That's why you got to listen. That's why you got to listen. Amen. Mark nine fourteen. And when he came back to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. There was the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the scribes. The scribes were pretty much the same as the Pharisees and the Sadducees, except they had legal authorization to write legal documents. So the scribes were pretty intense because they were the guys that wrote the divorce certificates or the marriage certificates or the land and deed certificates. So these guys had a little bit more authority and power. Anytime you see the scribes, you're seeing the fullness of the law. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? And one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth and gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I, I spoke to your disciples, they should cast it out, but they, but they could not. And he answered him and said, oh, faithless Generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, this is the child, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. And so he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he he said, from childhood. And often he's thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. This is a serious situation. But 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 if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. That's all we really want, right? Just just compassion and help. That's all that's all I want is compassion and, 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 and help. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, these famous words, if, 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 so much wonder and awe and Possibility and potential, but not 100% done. If, if you can believe, if you can believe this morning, all things are possible, all things hinge on the possibility to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out with tears, Lord, I believe I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw the people, he came running together. He rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him, and he became as one dead. So that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? Why could we not cast it out? And he said to him, this kind comes out by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Woo. So good. Are you ready? I want to speak this morning on faith and prayer. There it is. Faith and prayer. Faith and prayer. Let's go. Jesus, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for everyone here. We thank you for everyone watching online. We thank you for everyone coming out of this season, coming into a new season. We're going to possess our promised lands in Jesus' name. Though there be grapes, though there be giants, we're going to take our promised land because you promised it to us. And whether we, we, we live or whether we die, we will be people of promise. We'll be people of faith. We're people of hope. We're people of love. Thank you so much that you've chosen us, that you saved us, that you've healed us, that you loved us. Lord, today, our faith is in you. And so, therefore, we believe in miracles. We believe in unexpected awesomeness and immediatelies and suddenlies that come from only you. And everybody said, amen. and everybody said, amen. amen, amen. So, I don't know what happens to me during the holidays. I don't know about you. I get this little thing in me that just wants to watch, like, all the long movies like, 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 just the long ones of three hours. Do you remember the first three hour movie? My first three hour movie I ever saw was Dances with Wolves. Do you guys remember Tatanka? Tatanka? Yeah, it was two cassettes. That's right. You put in one tape and then it's like meep, half time and you put in another one. Anyways, Tatanka. You ever gone back and watched an old movie and you're like, let's watch Dances with Wolves? Halfway through it, you're like, man, this is boring. Like, <laughs> Prancer. Prancer was one of our holiday movies, it's one of our top 20, now it's like in our top 1,000, pretty much never to watch ones, because you just, so much has changed with camera angles and stuff, we're just used to being entertained, Prancer, they set up the camera for like one angle, for like the whole movie, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm bored, like we need to watch something else, anyways, I get this this hunkering for Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit movies, and all because you're supposed to have more time, and so you sit back, and I remember last year we got into one of the Lord of the Rings with the kids and about an hour and a half into it, I realized this is not the one I wanted to watch. But the kids are into it and you're too committed. Have you ever finished a television show just to finish it? We're like, we're too committed. We're 18 episodes in. There's 35 more. So Carrie and I joke, we got our work cut out for us. We just got to get this done. We're too invested to abort this mission. So I I often uh, during the holidays make the mistake, or sometimes it's a blessing, of watching the extended versions because Lord of the Rings is not long enough, right? <laughs> so, extended version is like 23 hours, you know? She's so like, all right, guys, we're gonna, st- all nighter, we're, gonna- we're gonna watch The Hobbit extended version. I'm joking, it's not 23 hours, um, it feels like it. But, so I was watching The Hobbit extended version and the extended scenes, and there's this one scene with Smeagol or whatever in The Ring, and, 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 and you watch Lord of the Rings for a long time, or The Hobbit. And, and it, you get it. You kind of get the message, you know. But it's funny, like the 18th time, you're watching extended version, and something that you didn't see before about the ring. Because it is simple, but it's complex in the sense of evil and, and desire, right, and doing things for the greater good, And the ends justify the means, and so there's. I mean, the way Tolkien, it influenced by C.S. Lewis. I mean, some of the greatest thinkers and writers, uh, really in Christendom, modern day, and and the the way they'll describe, and and you see yourself for for a second. You're like. Where we all kind of justify the, the means by the end, at time. We're doing stuff, even right now in the, in the world, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of things being done on behalf of good. And sometimes you're like, I don't know if that's so good. And But I saw myself in Smeagol. I, I saw myself in in manipulating. And see, when you read C.S. Lewis and you read Tolkien, they, they describe evil as not the most form of evil is not sexual morality or debauchery or drunkenness and orgies that like the Bible describes. The, the, the real evil, evil is, is pride and gossip and manipulation. The things that us Christians are really good at. Anyway, so this, the extended version, I'm getting saved by the theology that is hidden, Right? within the story that Tolkien writes and these guys were famous atheists, and they get radically saved, and they write this, this allegory and this imagery, and, 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 and I saw it in the extended version. Well, this story is in all three synoptic gospels. The synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, they all carry the same outline and format. John takes his own because he's just in love. Amen. He's just, he's just in love, and he just wants to talk about Jesus. And, and so this, 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 this story, this Mark, for some reason, tells the extended version the other Matthew it's just a little bit shorter of a version and so within this extended version we get an extra scene that you don't get in the other movies in the other trilogy and so we see this, this scene where Jesus actually talks to the Father. The the other two in the in the normal version, it's just it's just it's just this, this the father, and he's like, Help, and Jesus heals him, and that's it. In this extended version, we get the conversation. Jesus seems to engage a little bit, and he's talking to this father who's weeping, and he says, How long is his son? How long is your son? And we see Jesus having a conversation. We we see we don't always see this. We, we see Jesus healing everybody. We see crowds of zombies pressing him and power going. We don't see Jesus always talk to the people, especially in this dramatic scene where his son is literally convulsing and foaming at the mouth. And you have thousands, probably tens of thousands of people. And Jesus stops and he addresses the father and he has a conversation. And there's something revealed in this extended scene that we don't see in the other versions. And I think that we see this this, this theme of faith. He talks about faith, faithless generation. Where's your faith? Faith, faith. But, but then Jesus steps into this father's life and begins to talk to him, and then we see before Jesus even mentions, this kind didn't come out by prayer and fasting, we see Jesus have a conversation with his father, and it, it is showing us before he talks about it, because Jesus is a shower and a teller, and he shows up into humanity as a baby before he ever preaches. Jesus will show up in your life before you ever see him, and so he begins to, he begins to exemplify prayer, and so it, in this story, this extended version, we see these two themes in one, but so we see the theme of faith and prayer. It's really faith and prayer that are, the, that are the double punch in knowing God. I want to talk about faith and prayer this morning. Is that cool? Some of you have known faith without prayer. Some of you have known prayer without faith, and you've had seasons, but this is a season of your life where faith and prayer are going to come together, and there's going to be some power in your life as you walk with Jesus. Amen. You're going to be unstoppable. You're gonna be unstoppable. The thing I love about Jesus is right when he comes on the scene, the first thing he does is he discusses with the enemies. What are you discussing with them? I love Jesus. The first thing he does when he shows up on the scene is he silences your enemies. The first thing Jesus does is he silences the voice of your past, the voice of who you used to be, the voice of your guilt. Come on. The voice of shame, the voice of identity crisis, the voice of fear, the voice of what you are not and what you couldn't accomplish. The, the, the thing that Jesus does is he silences, he he silences the very voice of the accuser of the brethren that would come against you. With the presence I love it, Jesus just shows up and he silences your insecurity and he silences your fear and depression and the thing that you're scared of and the thing that you that he silences. I love it. Jesus just goes, "Hey, you take care of your faith and your word, I'll take care of your enemies. I'll silence the thing that comes up against you. I want to set you free so you can go" And just get more of me and more word and more worship. And I love it because the thing that Jesus does when he shows up and and, and some of you are experiencing the presence of God more than you ever have in your life. Wave to me. The presence of God is coming upon you. And the first thing you'll begin to notice is the silencing of the accuser of your life. It's never going to work out. You're not going to be enough. It's not going to happen. You messed up raising your kids. And even if it's true, God, it was true that, that these guys couldn 't cast out the at, at the demon but 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 that 's not what Jesus is interested in he 's interested in silencing the voice of the opposition of your past to accuse you to bring you backward and Jesus shows up to separate you from your past so you can now move forward and that 's why oftentimes when Jesus shows up there 's an eerie quietness. And sometimes we get scared, but God says we use that 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 quietness to hear my voice because there's a calm before He speaks. But when when He shows up, He silences the enemy. He he he's I got it, I got it. I don't want you to have to worry about it. I got it. I, got, I want you to spend your time moving forward. I want you to spend your time getting more prayer, getting more fasting, getting more worship. I want you to just be clear, focused. See, faith is focused. I want you to be focused. Human flesh and pride and, uh, and the ring is us playing God, trying to figure it all out. That is weighty stuff, especially in failure, especially with our past, especially when we should have been able to do something, but Jesus shows up and he silences he silences so then we can hear him, we can worship him, his presence is here this morning, so so something can be silenced that voice there is a track in your head there 's a tra- I hate this track I hate it, it, it it's just it 's full of agnostic weird things, Andrew was addressing it today, God, where it, it, this, there's a pureness of faith where everything is just awesome and then there's something that just pulls you in. There's a track. And gosh, when he's, whatever his presence, that's why you got to be in worship, you got to be in church, you got to be in his word so that you can, when he shows up, he just silences the guilt. He silences, I, he silences that insecurity. He, it's him that silences the fear. It's him that silences our inadequacies. He silences the enemy. I love it. He just says, just, you just get more of me. You just go and get more of me, get more spirit. I, 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 I don't like failure and I don't like struggle. <laughs> but it's interesting, success has a way of lying to us. Success has a way, if we have success in one area... We, we often get a little bit arrogant and judgmental in other areas. That's why when we get married and we start to get love down a little bit first couple of years, we're like, okay, we figured out some communication, figured out her love languages. Okay, it's cool. Then you see a family with a kid and you just judge them. Because I'm starting to conquer communication in my love life with my new wife. And you just look like you're crazy. What happens is success does cause you, if you start to get a little bit good with money, you start to manage money and get out of debt, you look at other people like, you bought that couch? That's stupid. You're a fool. You're like, whoa, 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 hold on. You conquer your prayer life or something. some confidence comes, ministry comes, you, you tackle something. Success does have a way of getting in and partnering with our pride to tell us we're a little bit better than we really are. And, and the truth of it is, Peter, Peter, who do men say that I am? Well, you're the son of God. Peter, that's awesome. The Father's revealed that to you. Woo, woo, winning gold star. And I'm going to build a church on you. Woo, woo. I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. Peter's having a good day. He's feeling so much good. Jesus is like, I'm going to the cross. And Peter's like, no, you are not. And Jesus goes, Satan? Right? So there's something that happens in our success. And I remember hanging out with B. Houston. Um, it's just an inside thing. He's so inside, he doesn't even know I call him that. Because he doesn't know me. But... Um, We were at this Hillsong luncheon, and we got a chance to ask him a question. And uh, I, I, it was you know first couple years in church, and you know every Sunday matters, man. Every song matters, every message matters, every every everything matters. You're like every Sunday is could be your last Sunday when you got 12 people in the dachshund, amen. You're like this could be it, this could be the last, this could be you know we made it three months, and we asked him about church services, and and I just loved his answer. He was like, you know what, don't be overly encouraged or overly discouraged by the Sunday. (laughs) You know, I'm not as dumb as I think I am and I'm not as smart as I think I am. I'm not as gifted as I think sometimes and I'm not as much of a failure as I think I am. Sometimes struggle is a good thing to remind us of, of who he is. Failure reminds us that we need more. I love this. This is the famous You know, famous words that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh, oh no, was given to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord. See, I don't want these things. I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore most gladly I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure what? In infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, I'm strong. So what Jesus is telling me: anytime you're not having a breakthrough, anytime you're about to struggle, anytime you're weak, get ready, get ready, get ready. God is about to show up and speak to you. Anytime you can't cast out a demon, Jesus is about to show up and give you a fresh revelation on the kingdom of God, and he's saying, hey, I'm going to shift you from failure to faith and give you a word. You need a word. You need a fresh plan. You need a fresh revelation. And Jesus shows up and goes, this kind of come out by prayer and fasting. Whenever you're weak, get ready. That's why we rejoice, not in the weakness. It's in his strength. But anytime I struggle, anytime I'm weak, come on, is this blessing anybody? Anytime I can't get a breakthrough, it means that God is about to show up and hook me up. Come on, that's good. That's exactly what's happening. You can't get any pure theology from this story. When you have a struggle, God's about to show up and be strong for you. And so the beauty of struggle, it is the, it is the end of the line of me. And so I have to step off and I don't have a choice. It's at that moment that Jesus says, you're going to discover a fresh strength in me. But you can't hear that when you hear the voice of Satan, you suck, you're horrible, you never change. Oh, you said that last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going to do that. every time you say that. Oh, every time, yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus, silence to hear when he's saying, when you're weak, the great. I mean, the greatest men of God to ever walk this planet was caught up in heaven. The apostle Paul into paradise, he says. Things I saw I can't even utter. And he was about to go preach to the church that despised him, the a sexual church the church of corinth and he shows up he's like man i just want to give him the revelation of paradise and jesus he gave him a messenger of satan to buffet him a thorn in the flesh and he said to paul no harness that paradise revelation and show up and say i'm just like you and give them hope that when they're weak they can be strong and in the middle of their struggle i'm about to show up and speak you tell that church to get ready, get ready, get ready. Because in their weakness and in their sin, I love them. I'm going to find them. I'm going to set them free. And Paul goes, yeah, but they're crazy, horny Christians that don't read their Bibles. Can you imagine having a revelation of heaven? And, and, and Paul's like, and I, this is the way I think. I'm going to give you a revelation of true paradise over your sexual drug habit thing that you're doing at the orgy house under the name of God. And that's going to pull you out. And Jesus goes, no, Paul, I want you to show up and be like, I have a thorn in my flesh. I was praying about this thing and I couldn't get any breakthroughs. So you want me to show up to the church that doesn't like me and tell them, yeah, I've been praying about some stuff and didn't get the answer I wanted. No! When I'm weak! The disciples were weak! Jesus is about to show them their strength and their word. Get ready, because you're about to get a fresh word. Jesus goes, This kind? Oh, you didn't know this. This is a fresh word. You didn't know this. You've been stuck up in your, I suck, I'm the worst. Shut up! I don't, I never, Jesus, shut up. You gotta hear the fresh word. This kind? Yeah, you've not been up against this kind. It comes out by, by fasting. Fasting. Can you imagine being one of Jesus' disciples? We don't really do that, Jesus. Oh, I wish I could preach this. We don't, we see, for three years, they didn't eat. They were disciples that ate. John the Baptist's disciples fasted. The Pharisees fasted. We ate and drank. We kind of have a reputation of being the New Testament party Christians because we're with Jesus. We heal everybody and then we eat. I mean, 5,000, there's bread and miracles. We're the the Christians of carbs and miracles. I mean, how awesome is that? So they're just casting out demons that all of a sudden they couldn't. And Jesus, the God of seasons, the God of seed and the God of seasons, shows up and says, oh, yeah, yeah, that was a season we ate. But that's because the bridegroom was with you. But there comes a season. Where I go to the Father and I send the Holy Spirit, and oh, you're going to fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fasting is simply prayer on steroids. I need to eat of the Word so much so that I'm going to skip lunch. And I'm in a season, maybe for 40 days, that I'm just going to skip all the meals so I can eat and drink of the Spirit. It's an extended communion. I need common union with Jesus. Okay, that's prayer and fasting. But to be a disciple in the moment, you got to be confused because you're like, "Hold on, well, you're gonna now we now we fast? Yeah, we're gonna fast. See, if we don't understand this, this is this is for somebody. You, you got to get this. You got to get this. Got to get this. Some of us are so we're so we're so inundated with balance, and I understand that because that's in the human heart. Balance simply means distributed weight. So we just want distributed weight equally. And whenever we uh, we, we we experience pressure and weight, that's a bit more than we can handle we crave balance. And I understand that because God wants us to have a fulfilled life. But the problem is it's not, that's not as biblical. That That's an that's a outsource, that's an outcome of some things. That's a fruit of the root. But, but, but Jesus is a builder. And if we don't understand seed and seasons, we will be frustrated our entire lives. Because God is a God of, of, no, we ate for three years. We would think it's a little bit better to maybe just fast half a Tuesday every week. Rather than eat for three Years and then go into multiple 21-day fast or 40-day fasts. But that's the way Jesus operates. He should have started his ministry in his teenage years, but he didn't start till he was 30. Who does that? Jesus, because he's a God of seasons. He's a God of here's my sexual plan. Don't sleep together, work on your friendship. Then on that night just turn into a rabbit, right? I mean, that's like the plan of Jesus. Why? Because he's a God of seasons. You'll see that only operating in the kingdom of God. And the human flesh will fight against it with every last breath. Because it doesn't make any sense. Why? Because the ring. We want to be God in the name of good. But no one's good except God. And God is a God of seasons. He's a God of three and a half years we ate. And now we don't. I'm a, I'm a God of no babies, then boom. A baby. And if you want balance, baby, you're gonna be frustrated for the next 30 years. Cause that child is your blood. And especially you got to go, ah! Yeah, there's no balance. You're gonna have years of screaming and years of poopy diapers. And then we didn't we change the diaper? Why are they still crying? Although they're probably hungry. No, I just fed them. There's only two things that could be wrong, but it's it's never the one that should be the thing that you think is, and this is that's the God of seasons. Balance might be killing you because he's a builder. And so you've been excavating something, and you're tired. But the cement trucks are coming. You're like, I need to get to Maui. And it's like, you're going to lose the house in the name of balance. I'm a God of seasons. And if you've ever built anything in your life, you know it's one, two, three, four, five, ten years. This thing has been being built for like nine years, blood, sweat, and tears. A couple years into it, if I was like, man, I need more balance in my life. I just need a little more, you know, just a little more golf and a little more. would We lost this church, especially during COVID. God is a builder. He's a builder. And we often don't want to be in these seasons. And he's got like, I'm a God of seasons. And I'm a God of seed. So you have to start Sowing. Yeah, we want instant harvest. No, hey boys, breaking news, we fast now. What?
1: It's not who I am. We don't do that.
0: We eat. Yeah, we fast. Because you need more of me. You need more dependence. You need more power. You need more. Okay, God, you're a God of seasons. You'll see your life go, and I know it gets so tired sometimes. He's the Lord, he's the God of seasons. It's one of those Christian words Oh, but you gotta learn the season that you're in. Identify the season that you're in and go all in. I remember when our kids, our kids were little babies. We still got to eat and have a little thing, and we could still like, "Hey, how was your day?" Let's, what's, you know, our life. And then they got talking, and it was like little toddlers. Excuse me, me and your mom are talking. We're on a date. We brought you along. You should be thankful. Eat your burger. Mama, I had eat the vegetables to get to the burger. We're like bribing our kids with burgers to get to the dessert. Something's weird. Something's off. I had to learn, hold on, babe. We need to go on proper dates now because our kids are talking to us. Right now, your life might be you and your wife trying to talk. with wah, wah. Toys being thrown. Don't fight the season. Jump all in. Identify the season that you're in and go all in. Oh, I wish I could preach this. So there's Jesus, extended scene. We now get to the extended scene. This poor dad. Having a child, demonically possessed. Without the theology that we have, this poor guy has nothing. And now there's these disciples, the church. Can't do anything for him. This guy is already hurt by the church before he gets to Jesus. Jesus finds him. Jesus... Bring him to me. Bring him to me. On the way, this kid, the demon in him, sees Jesus. Starts flipping out. So just imagine this dinner scene. This kid is foaming at the mouth. Instead of Jesus just delivering him, he wants to have an extended scene and talk to the Father. And and and, and he goes, How long has this been happening? And the dad's since childhood, since, since he was just a baby boy, this demon would throw him into the water and throw him into the fire. It's a serious situation. And this dad starts crying out, if you could, if you could just have compassion on us and help us. If you could just have compassion. Because that's all we want. Every single one of us in this room. Really? From your friends, family, pastors, and parents, and teachers, and everything? You just want Compassion? You want someone to hold you and go, I see you, hear you. Thank you. And we all want some help. (laughs) I just want compassion, and I just want help. And then Jesus, instead of speaking compassion, he says, if he decides to give a little another mini message to this father who's like, help. The kid's foaming. And Jesus decides to give us some famous words on faith. Well, if you can believe, see, Jesus was moved by compassion, but compassion was not his message. His motive was compassion, his message was truth. See, oftentimes we're not moved by compassion. We're moved by our own passions. So by the time we show up in people's life, we speak compassion. Oh, I'm sorry, baby girl. Oh, I'm so sorry, David, that happened to you. Oh, David, I'm so sorry. And we are just, our message is compassion. We're so sorry. Oh my gosh, God is, God, he's real, but I'm so sorry that had happened. Oh, have you seen that documentary? Have you, oh my gosh, I know, I'm so sorry. God's quiet sometimes. Oh, he's a mystery. He's, I know. And we just move, our message is compassion. When Jesus was moved by compassion, but his message was his passion. And the passion, Of the cross was was the cross. The passion of Christ was the cross. It was salvation. It was truth. If you don't diagnose the disease, it's not compassion. That's a lie. See, our message has become compassion when our message should be our passion. Jesus is moved by compassion. Moved. His motive was compassion. Oftentimes our motive is us. Hey, David, I'm here to have coffee because I'm an awesome pastor. What can I do for you, brother? Hey, you're welcome. Hey, you're welcome. I know I'm a I'm, hey, pretty good Christian. <laughs> it's not me, it's him. I'm moved by my passion for me. So by the time I show up in your life, I'm like, all it is is an apology to or for God. I'm so sorry, Ben. I'm, I know. Life's tough. Compassion doesn't set people free. Truth does. So quit getting moved by your passion. Get moved by genuine compassion and grace and mercy. But by the time you get there, God help us if we don't set the captives free by the message of truth. That he loves you. He died for you. There's a calling. Get up. Wipe off the tears. Get back to the word of God. You're called. You're anointed. You're appointed. You're bought by the blood. You're full of the spirit, you're gifted, you were formed in your mother's womb. There's heaven, there's hell. Choose today, choose life. By the time my compassion gets me close enough, God help me. If I just have an Oprah message of compassion. Oprah listens to this podcast. Oprah, I love you. Jesus gets so close. Extended scene. How long has this been happening? If you, you, personal responsibility.
1: I mean, you know the type of confident faith you have to have
0: to get to a weeping dad in front of tens of thousands of people with this kid convulsing and foaming at the mouth and you put personal responsibility on someone and don't take it upon yourself or put it upon the church or put it upon the pastor that hurt them or put it upon the parent that hurt them, but you say, if you, if you, if you, if you can believe he sources all possibility of change on faith where'd you get that watch Amazon I, I have to I have to source it so you can get it if I say something that's unattainable, then you can't get what I got and I'm special, but I'm not special. All have sinned and all have fallen short and all are saved by grace through faith. And so Jesus, Son of God, he sources all of the possibility upon their life and their child and their future upon faith. That's why we gotta be moved by compassion. But by the time we get there, the passion of the truth ought to be if you can believe all things are possible and they hinge on your faith. Faith 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 if you can believe if you can believe if you can believe possibilities all hinge on belief he says faith 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 faith, faith. not because you were here and you happen to touch me circumstance do you know how much whacked out messages we preach to people because we can't stand in someone's situation and say, if you, if you can believe, all things are possible. I've just given that person, Jesus just gave this dad the true source of what was about to happen, and that was faith. I need to believe. What has stolen my faith? What has stolen my belief? Then he cast out the demon Cast out the demon. The disciples say, "How come we couldn't cast it out?" They said, "This kind comes out by prayer and fasting, faith and prayer, faith in a conversation with Jesus, faith first. Follow me, faith. Faith is always first. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's why what what saved you was faith. What will save them?" Is faith. Don't source it in a better church. Don't source it in a better marriage. Don't source it in a better outcome. Source it in faith. Be a preacher. Where's my preacher's at? First truth is not afraid to ask a question. Truth is not afraid to get in there and ask a question. Truth is not afraid to listen. Truth is not afraid to hold. Truth is not afraid of a chaotic situation. Truth is bold. But truth is the only thing that will set the world free from the lies of the enemy. So if you are ever moved by compassion and you get close enough to preach your passion, let the passion of the cross, let the passion of the Christ, let the passion of the truth of Jesus Christ set them free. Set them free. Set them free. It's faith. The righteous will live by faith, 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 faith. faith. Not prayer than faith. Faith then prayer. Faith, 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 faith coming to some of you this morning right now. Faith, 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 faith. Faith is the currency in the marketplace of grace. Write that down. Faith is the currency in the marketplace of grace. If it was prayer, then it would be time, and time is not the currency, because in faith, it could be a minute, it could be an hour, it could be a 40-day fast. Faith first, then prayer. But then Jesus goes faith and prayer and fasting. And then together, they're an unstoppable force in order for you to know God. Quick masterclass on prayer. Luke 11 and Matthew 6. These are our two big portions of of prayer that Jesus talks about. I want to give it to you in a minute. You ready? We have that slide. Oh, can't see it. Maybe just split the, there we go. So Luke 11, the disciples come to Jesus in a certain place. Jesus had a certain place to pray. I'm telling you, some of you are gonna get a hold of faith this morning and you're gonna get a hold of prayer this morning and you're never going back. You're never going back. You're not today, 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 you're never going back. I don't care what the enemy says. I don't care how many times you've fallen. I don't care how many times you've broken promises. The enemy is being silenced today to set you free in order for you to walk in faith and prayer. He had a certain place. Number one, you need a certain place. You gotta get a certain place. It's got to be a certain place. Number two, Jesus said, when you pray, you have to have a win. You have to have a win. Me, 6.15 to 7.15 every morning. If not, you're just kidding yourself. (laughs) This is Jesus teaching on prayer. Why? Because the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. They didn't ask Jesus how to pray. That word in the original is make us pray, cause us to pray. We want to pray like you prayed. We understand that prayer is this thing that comes on top of faith to make this relationship with God real. It's got to be faith and prayer, faith and prayer, faith and prayer. You're about to get a hold of faith and prayer in this season, and you're never going back. Of God is about to be unleashed in your life through faith and prayer. Faith and prayer. Faith and prayer. You've had faith. Oftentimes, when you have faith, you don't need prayer. When you lose faith and life goes bad, what do we do? Pray. Oh, but in this season, you're gonna have faith and prayer. And then Jesus in Matthew, He says you got to shut the door. That's why find pray on the way to work. That's bonus. Pray everywhere else. That's bonus. You got to have a certain place, a win, and you got to shut the door. You got to shut the door to kids, to your spouse, to life, and you got to take back your private world in Jesus' name and shut the door. You got to shut the door. Just you and Him. Whoo. Parts of prayer, parts of prayer. Master class in three minutes, it can't be done. Worship, adoration, praise, confession, repentance, submission, petition, request, thanksgiving, intercession, speaking in tongues. That's why I pray for an hour. It takes me an hour to do that. And then Jesus said, persist, persist. Don't give up. The power's coming. Don't give up. The word's coming. Don't give up. The miracle's coming. Don't give up. And then he ends, he ends it with an ask for the Holy Spirit. He says, ask for the Holy Spirit. He says, ask for the Holy Spirit. Let the power of God fall on you. Come on, church. we'll see you this saturday night for the production bring some friends we love you so much if you want some prayer they're gonna sing this through one more time if you want some prayer come on up come on up we love you we love you we love you thank you jesus